Find me at pureenergypdx.com. Today, you are in for a special treat. I have Dr. Mary Helen Hensley on today talking about her near-death experience, which is the most unique near-death experience I think I've ever heard from anybody. It was incredible. Her story was just incredible. Also, we talk about past lives and her experience helping people heal themselves and understand themselves better by understanding their past lives better as well. So we get into that and uh, that's what her new book is all about. Understanding is the new healing. And we talk about her new book as well as trauma bonding, which is a very interesting subject uh, to talk about and how that just isn't serving most people and, and how that can, in some sense, backfire on you if you continue to do that with people um, and each, if we continue to do that with each other. It just keeps us in this victim mentality, never really getting to a place of taking personal responsibility for your journey here. And we get into that too. So, so much more also that we talk about that's, this is like, this was the most fun show I think I've ever done. I have not laughed so much, except for, I think a while back when I did one with um, Roseanne, that was this, this is one of those shows where you just have, I just felt so connected to the guest. Um, and we just had the we had a blast. I don't know what else to say about it. It was just so much fun. She has is hilarious. But she's also she brings so much to the table in the way of understanding ourselves in this physical realm and understanding us ourselves in the etheric realm too and beyond. So um oh my god, just you're just gonna I think you're gonna probably love this show as much as I did. So I can't wait for you to listen. Before we get started, I want to tell you about the Enlifted Coach Coaching Certification. Uh, I am currently in this program right now, and I am loving it. The Enlifted Coaching Certification is where you'll learn how to work words, stories, and breath to get better results and deeper transformation with your clients. The Level 1 Certification is equal parts personal development and professional development. A level one certified coach will obliterate any symptoms of imposter syndrome and the victim mentality. And lifted coaches own their power as a world-class coach, leader, or educator and are equipped with the tools and a system to repeat those results with your clients. So if you're interested in signing up for this course, this certification, I highly recommend. I've learned so much already, and I've just kind of scratched the surface with this program. But it is so, there's so much, there is just a wealth of information and wisdom and actually practical applications that you can both apply to yourself and to your clients here with this uh, this certification. I, and it's just, it's really 
so much fun too. So uh, if you want to book a discovery call with Mark, um, just let them know that you heard about the Enlifted coaching program, uh, coaching certification through me, through Integrate Yourself, or you can say Allison Pillow. And uh, then I will get credit for referring you over there. And I really would appreciate it so much. Uh, it does support this show. Uh, as well, I couldn't recommend it more. It, I don't ever recommend anything on this show or take anybody on as an affiliate if I'm not using it myself. So um, I do, I definitely back this program up 100% because I've experienced it and I'm still experiencing it. And Mark has been on the show before, Mark England. If you haven't seen that show, he was on it a couple, like maybe about two or three episodes back talking about how um, our language influences our lives, basically what runs the show, right? And how much influence it has that we might not be paying attention to. And when we bring awareness to that, it can be extremely empowering. So this is also what this certification is teaching you is how to become a master of your own words and your own spells so that you can help other people do this too. So I can't recommend it more. Head over to the link that I'm going to include in the show notes here. Book a discovery call with Mark and mention that you heard it from Integrate Yourself or Allison Pillow. So without further ado, it is my honor and my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Mary Helen Hensley, everybody. Enjoy. Integrate yourself. I'm your host, Allison Polo, and you can find me at pureenergypdx.com. Today, I am here with an incredible guest. I'm so excited today. Uh, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley is here today, and she has She's an author of many books, but uh, she's an author of one of the books that I have of her understanding is The New Healing. And I've been reading this book and just gotten, just been blown away by the stories that she shared in the book, as well as her personal experiences in the metaphysical. Um, it's just incredible. Um, a little bit about Dr. Mary uh, before we get started, she's a metaphysical healer. And I just remembered I got to put on my glasses here because I'm getting to that point. Um, let's see. Okay. She is a metaphysical healer, a chiropractor, an international and an international inspirational speaker. She has authored numerous books, including Promised by Heaven, The Chakra Fairies, The Pocket Coach, and she co-authored the recent number one bestseller, Bringing Life, uh, Death to Life. She lives and creates in Ireland with her two daughters, Gemma Skye and Jada Pacifica. You can find out more about Mary Helen at maryhelenhensley.com. Mary, welcome to the show. I am so excited you're here. We're going to talk about Thank some fun stuff today. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I'll share with everybody that I I found you on um on what is it Tinfoil Hat podcast, Sam Tripoli's podcast, um, and I just was blown away by your interview and the way you talked about uh, <laughs> your experience with coronavirus too, which we could talk about as well. I was just like, oh yeah, I that is such a great perspective, like so so counterintuitive to what 
you know, the fear that we're experiencing on a mass level with people right now. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that because I know that's probably not the most politically correct, like, uh, you know, perspective, but, you know, I think that we, it's great to think of it in, in other ways um, instead of just being afraid of it. And you take that into your work with, uh, when you work with people, as I've read in your book about past lives and their own healing process and how really there is purpose in it all. So I'd love to get into that as well today, but first uh, I'd love for you to share your experience, uh, especially uh, your experience of when you, uh, your near death experience. And I think actually you, you pretty much died and came back from what I, I heard. Right. You say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, before this goes, cause I'm of age where, um, okay. <laughs> the, uh, the menopause had set in before I forget because of something you just said, um, it just reminded me today, you know, I'm, I'm covering my own office at the moment until my, my new doctor arrives in July. And so it's really funny being back in here amongst the people. And, you know, I, I go off, I write books or I'm doing the metaphysical healing, which is very different than interacting with patients as a chiropractor, because it's a much faster pace. It's also much, much heavier work on the body. Yeah. So, you know, you're having to kind of integrate the fact that you're nearly 52 and that your body is um, still performing all these circus tricks that you used to do when you were 28 and, right. um, and how interesting it is. But today it was funny because I was in with patients late last night. And at one stage I'd got like what I call a little blip and I was sitting there and I was like, Ooh, I feel a little bit lightheaded and realized that I'd had my thing on all day. You know, oh, yes. I won't, right. I certainly am not covering my nose and my mouth while I'm you know, doing the equivalent of an eight hour gym workout. I understand. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a little bit of a wobble and I knew that it was, I mean, it was just, it was easy to see that my blood oxygen level had dropped temporarily. Right. And so today I was like, I'm going to give myself a little break off that. And, you know, you do in, in this kind of a setting, um, it's really interesting. So it was so funny watching people when I would just, Hey everybody, you know, and I'm walking in and out and blah, blah. And you know, everybody's kind of coming in and they're looking around and there's a sign clearly posted in my office um, that we respect everybody. There's no discrimination in here. You choose to wear a mask. I'm going to still let you come in anyway. Right. Um, and <laughs> if you choose not to, that's okay too. And so um, that's been clearly posted from day one of this thing. And it was very interesting watching I had just decided today I'm not doing that because I, I need to just be able to breathe freely. And especially after having a little wobble last night and people are like kind of creeping in and they're like looking. And so one lady, you could just tell it was just killing her, you know, yeah. she was like, why are you wearing a mask? And I was like, oh, cause this is, this is my office and it's private property. And I, I, I wasn't feeling so hot last night. What do you mean? We aren't feeling so hot as in, Right. You try and do this job for eight hours and don't, don't give me the crack about the surgeons do it. Not that. No, I'm sorry. Surgeons are not sweating and rolling around on top of patients, cracking lumbar spines and doing no. all this eight straight hours in a day. This is true. Not happening. So today I needed to take the mask off and do this job without anything on my, over my face. And she looked at me and she goes, you can do that. <laughs> and this people is where we yes, are. Yes. Yes. And exactly. I went, oh my God. Imagine that this was a foreign concept to her that I had the right to make a decision about what was in my own best interest on today. 
Yes, that is And I just needed to get that (laughs) off of my hairy chest in order to move on. So there you go. Thank you for sharing that. People don't forget. Yeah. You are still in charge of your own bodies and what works for you. And if you want to wear a mask and that's cool and I have no issue with that whatsoever, but if you're not feeling well, and I don't mean COVID unwell, I'm talking about if it's not okay with you in that moment, don't be afraid to express that. Do you know? Yes, I do. And if somebody is, if somebody is that brazen that they're going to step out of their way to ask you when it's none of their business, answer them honestly, just go, you know what? I'm not okay with it today. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was, and I might be tomorrow, but today I, I need a little break. You're yeah. Yeah. Blow and somebody's it, mind. There it is. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so funny because it seems pretty common sense to me in some ways, but the way we've been, um, indoctrinated, indoctrinated, uh, indoctrinated, oh, I guess is what I'm trying to say, uh, one yeah, one of those things. Um, it's just that people, are, I guess our blinders are on as to what is possible and what, you know, well, we've I given ourselves permission to do. You're looking for, did I have a spare mask? Because this was just so funny, you know, because this lady had this, you know, when she said that I'll simulate it with this cloth, you know, and she's got her, she's like, uh-huh. but you can't walk around without a the mask on. I don't understand. This is very upsetting for me and I don't feel safe. And I'm like, yeah, you're like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we have to laugh at this too. I love that. You know, it, it's like, I feel like people take this so seriously and I, I'm not, I'm not diminishing people's experience of the whole, the COVID thing, because I know that people have been going through a lot of trauma around it and, you, you know, and people have been getting sick and people are get are dying and that kind of thing. I, I like, I, I'm not diminishing that or saying that's not happening. But isn't it funny how we feel like we have to say that too? I know. Because it's I know. perfectly okay that we have been diminishing people like me, for instance, who didn't have a bad experience. Yes, right. I had it and I had the whole, and I'm like, wait a second, don't diminish my experience because you want to talk about some long haul COVID effects? Yeah. Long haul. Please share. Superhuman sense of smell and taste now, superhuman, oh right? Oh my gosh. Incredible the long sustained fever that I had burned out whatever latent viruses that I had. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, ping, and I'm ready to go. And I'm a night owl. I'm up all night, you know? Wow. And so any kind of longstanding chronic fatigue that I've had for many, many, many years, it just, it's gone. Right. That's amazing. I, I grew this huge head of hair. Oh my gosh. And other people are like, I lost all my hair. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. And I don't have to have to hide my little light under any bushel in order to not diminish somebody else's experience. And people have always been dying. People have always been living. People have always been going through challenges. There have been, if it's not a pandemic, it's a, it's a, a, you know, it's an epidemic. It's not an epidemic, then it's a recession. If it's not a recession, then it's the glory days. It's a, you know, like there's always something going on. Yeah. And what's so interesting is that we, um, we pick and choose and because we love to accentuate the negative, um, and people get some kind of a bond, you know, they've learned to bond through that. 
Yeah. We can bond through our wounds as opposed to our accomplishments that if somebody then even dares to utter the word and buddy, I've been on Facebook since last March when I had it live going, Hey guys, here's me. I look, you know, I'm covered in the pox and I'm like, I'm still alive and I'm so proud of myself. And it was like, that wasn't okay because somebody else didn't do that. But that's like, but nobody has a problem when I write in a book about the fact that, oh, here's how I healed myself of cancer. You know, I did this for two and a half weeks and used this particular tea and I used this particular frequency. And they're like, yeah, rock on. This is amazing. And I'm going, why why is it disconnect? Why is it okay for me to be so proud of myself for healing cancer, but it's not okay for me to be proud of myself for kicking COVID's butt? you know, that is an interesting question. Yeah, I I agree that that is really wild. And there has been some kind of weird thing that has happened like that, uh, Mary, during this time is I've noticed, like you're saying, like, it's, it's okay to say that about, you know, something that happened in the past, or you've, you know, gotten over cancer and that kind of kick cancer's ass or whatever you want to say. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, people are extra sensitive about the COVID thing. And my guess would be it's very political. It's been politicized and this could be a big part of it. (laughs) Um, But this is the first time that I have ever witnessed um, health politicized. Like I've always been in natural health, you know, uh, since I've been doing what I've been doing. and, And I've never seen anything like this in my life. Like, it, it's almost like I feel like I'm going to get yelled at for talking about natural health remedies and how, you know, and, and to me, it, it's um, it, this is every, everything. Your body healing itself is what happens. There's no other way to really do it. So, you know, it's like, why are we denying our, our body's abilities to be able exactly. to do this? You know, well, you and I both understand how innate intelligence works. And it's so funny because I'm just like, I should have, you know, I'm a spiritual stand up at this stage because <laughs> I'm like everything I try to do in my office. Like if I want to talk to you about your psoas muscle, um, I'm not going to just talk about your psoas. I'm going to talk about um, yeah. the fact that your psoas is the seat of the soul and it pulls the upper half of the body. And that if you don't look after it, your upper back is going to hunch and you look like my great aunt Fanny, yes. you know, yes. you're not just going to get a psoas lesson. You know, how boring is that? Right. And it's just so funny because, you know, at this day and age, it's so weird how we are being punished. Those of us who are diligent and looking after ourselves yeah. for, you know, I've said this to patients for years, the fact that, you know, you're, you're, lack of attention to your health is not my crisis. And right. I don't mean that. And, be, and you can't say that. Let me say it again. Your lack of attention to your health is not my crisis. That's a now, great way to put I it. I say that yeah. in a way that I, I, mean, I show up every day for people. I'm here, I'm helping them. I'm, you know, hand, right. put my hand out, sharing that knowledge. But what's so interesting is I'm watching, statistically speaking for the number, I live on an island of four and a half million people. So statistically speaking, if I see whatever it is, 150 people in this office in a week or whatever, times 50 in the year, statistically, someone should be dead out of here, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't even have five patients collectively who even wow. got COVID. I've got five that, that I can count. Really and interesting. Myself and my children are three of them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going, you know wow. what? 
How about have a look at that? How about the idea that you're looking after your central nervous system and that you're keeping your spine in alignment and that you're actually using preventative care? How about let's talk about those stats? No, let's talk about how many people died of COVID today. And I'm going, you know what? Screw you. Do that if that's you, if that's what you want to do, because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about the good stuff. I'm going to be excited about the fact that I survived COVID. If I celebrate that, does it mean that I am negating the fact that someone else didn't? No, but no differently than if I celebrate my, you know, hey, everybody wear pink, you know, put your ribbon on, let's celebrate our, we survived cancer. Does that mean you're an asshole and you didn't, you know, that you're upset because somebody else didn't get through it? No, but all of a sudden it's like the rules are different with COVID. And I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm not playing that game. Yeah, it is a game, isn't it? Yeah, it it definitely is. Yeah. And I'm not playing it either. I, I'm I'm done with this, that whole thing. Back I, I just... to your original question <laughs> of when I was dead. <laughs> yes. When, what happened? <laughs> how did you, how did you come back? And like, back what did you this. learn? Yeah. I came, yeah. You know, some people have ADHD. I've got like a t- ADAD attention dialed into another dimension. Oh, I you love know? that. It's like, <laughs> And, you know, I'm, oh and my goodness. Sam even asked me before, he's like, are you like that all the time? I'm like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, how do you describe it? It's like, I'm in some kind of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this electric soup of just wonder and awe for the world around me. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not here to play small and I'm not here to, to apologize yeah. For what I'm here to do. And so right. that's a personal choice that we all have. And, you know, it's one of those great benefits of being dead is that you get the chance to be outside of the game and to have yeah. that different perspective. And that's what was so amazing. So we keep alluding to that. Long story short, folks, I was um, in an accident December, December 14th, 1991. I was 21 and I was hit by a car, T-bone, 75 miles per hour. Hmm. And before the car hit my car, everything just stopped. And I got the opportunity to decide, not whether I was going to live or die, because I knew I was dying. But I got the chance to to decide, was I going to stay in the body and experience the impact and then die? Or was I going to go out of the body and watch the impact as a dead person? And so I took, you know, option B and surrounded by frequency who I really am lifted out of the body and I got to witness my own death. It was incredible. And so it's right here at this moment. You're from the South. I'm from the South. I'm a Southern Baptist minister's daughter, you know, all from, from the, from the dot, from the first second that I realize I'm getting ready to die. Everything I've been taught in Sunday school is not happening. Right. Right. So I'm going, wait a second. I have a decision to make here. I'm in church what? I'm in control of how I'm dying here. That's not what they told me at church. You know, I, you know, like, hang on a second. I'm like, I'm suddenly recognizing that I'm this incredible, eternal, divine, omnipotent, wonderful, spiritual being who chose to come in and have this physical experience. Oh my God, that body's been working for me all along. What? You know? Yeah. And so I'm hovering above and now whoosh, everything speeds up. I watched this car hit me. I watch my own neck break and I'm like, you know, oh eating my, my popcorn and I'm going, wow, this is so cool. Right. Yeah. Holy moly. And in that space, I am completely aware again 
that I had chosen to go in there. And this is where people are like, no, 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 no. My life is so hard. It's all shit. It's so difficult. I struggle for money every week. I've got this disease. I've got this emotional problem. I've got this. I would have never, ever chosen this. Well, you know, spoiler alert. Yes, you did. Okay. (laughs) And the reason you did is because you came from perfection. You didn't come here seeking perfection. You came from perfection to experience this. And this is like, you know, I love this example. If you and I sat down over a friendly game of Monopoly and you're the shoe and I'm the dog, you and I both know that you're not a shoe and I'm not a dog. And you know that I can't buy part place with a pink $500 bill. It's just the easiest way to, to, to show this, you know, but we temporarily suspend reality and we immerse ourselves in that game. And that's very much like what the human experience is like. And when, when leaving the body, the example that I always use with people is if you've been out, let's say you've been at the gym and you're nasty and sweaty, or you've been out in the garden and you're, you know, sweaty all day and or mowing the lawn or whatever. And you come in and you peel off the clothes, throw them by the washing machine and you get in that shower. Oh, it's fabulous. The last oh. thing you're thinking about is the dirty clothes next to the washing machine. Cause they're just clothes. Oh, wow. And when you come out of the body, and you're looking down, you're like, rock on. That was awesome. The last you're thinking about your body, like you think about a car, you know, yeah. it was a vehicle and that knowing is instantaneous. Oh my goodness. And that's what's so amazing. And so all of a sudden you, you're, you're remembering left, right, and center, the veil is lifted. Well, what happened for me is a lot of people will come back from a near death experience and they have a feeling. And really at the end of the day, that's all that matters. you know, they have a feeling yeah. of love and oh my God, it's amazing. Well, for whatever reason they deemed necessary, I came back with a lot more than just the feeling. I've got like this blow by blow, perfect memory of every single thing that I saw, everything that happened. And I'm like, you imagine coming back into this world that way. And yet you think I'm happy all the time. Sure. Do you know, like I got nothing to worry about. Right. You know, it's going to happen. (laughs) You're like, because I know it's going to happen. Got this. Yeah. I got this. Exactly. But I have a different respect for things. Like, you know, when I, I'm sitting here in my office and I don't complain about having to pay the rent on my office or the electricity bill because I have an office. I've got lights, you know? Yeah. How exciting is that? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So you can that find that gratitude. Oh my God, I've got to do the laundry. Oh my God, I've got clothes and I'm reaching into a dryer that's already paid for. <laughs> it's the way you yes. frame everything up. Yes. You know, that I'm exactly. choosing everything as I'm going along. And that's the best thing that happens, you know, because you're looking back and all of a sudden you remember, oh my God, I actually chose to do that. Oh God. Yes. That's why that happened. That's why they did that. That's why. And all of a sudden, anybody you've ever been mad at, you recognize the beauty of the, of the divine soul that opted to go in and play that role for you. And you're like, oh my God, what a schmuck. I forgot you know, <laughs> yeah, but you're yeah. meant to forget. You're yeah. meant to forget that so that you, the shoe and I, the dog can have that immersive experience. Right. It's, it's like, um, it's like actors. We're all just acting our parts, right? Exactly. Yeah. Even the bad guys, they have a part to play as well. Especially the bad guys. Yeah. They're really Somebody, they're triggering. You know, us. They, imagine if they were, it was all good all the time. I Yawn. know. Oh, you I know. know. That's why we watch. I mean, that's why we go to haunted houses, watch scary movies, right? Isn't that? It's yeah. kind of the same thing, but we're we don't realize that what we're in right now isn't as real as we think it is, or malleable as we think it is. You know? 
So it's, to, it's totally real, but it's all about how you want to play it. Do you know? Well, yeah. And in, in the respect of it being more static, I guess is what I mean by that. Like, yes, um, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And but, then again, um, this is when people inevitably go, why would I do this? Yeah. And so my best way of explaining that is, you know, lots of people can, can connect with the whole lockdown thing where they've been locked in somewhere. They're at home. A lot of people went out and bought big screen TVs and, you know, because they were, we're settling in for a long one here, folks. And, you know, <laughs> now they can control what's happening on, you know, their, their lovely big screen TV and they can wear their jammies and they can stock the fridge and they can do all that stuff. And then let's say the lockdown lifts and a friend calls and invites them to the movie and they go in and there's the big cinema screen and boy, you open the door and you get hit with the smell of the buttery popcorn and just there's sweets and you're sitting in a, a, a tiered stadium and you haven't seen real people in so long. And now all of a sudden you're in the movies and this huge billboard sized screen comes up and oh, I've been dying to see this film. Which experience yeah. is better? The home with the big screen TV or the movies? Definitely. They're the just two different experiences. Oh, they're two different experiences. Yeah. It depends on That's where it. you're at with that. Right. Some people might totally. like the home better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're just two different experiences. And so when someone goes, why would I come to earth? Why would I leave perfection to come here? I'm like, cause you can leave perfection to come here. Yeah. How fun is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I right. When I love this character that I'm playing, cause I'm a weirdo, do you know? And yeah. I, and I, I make no you know, no bones about it. Like I, I, you know, I love being weird. You know, I went yeah. to meet my daughter's boyfriend for the first time the other day, wearing a cat hat and these huge, big Norwegian booties. Um, <laughs> and my snowflake pajama bottoms and a big, big sweatshirt. And I, I was like, yes, this'll do nicely. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Because everything for me is a fun experience. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of the, of the whole gift of, of death and remembering it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it is so interesting and, and, and yeah. And so when you're looking at it that way, you are living life to its fullest, doing exactly what you want to be doing. Um, and, you know, having fun with it. It sounds like you're having lots of fun and I, I do love, I love it. What's your, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, I mean, why not? You know, if you're going to do this, we might as well, you know, enjoy it and experiment with it and, and, you know, see ourselves differently, you know, and, and that kind of thing and understand ourselves better, like how you talk about in your book, um, you know, and I, I share that, you, you know, I've talked about this on my podcast before when my dad passed away um, uh, last year, almost the same time. And uh, I remember feeling um, like he went into cardiac arrest and then he had gotten this, uh, he had gotten hip replacement surgery and he had already had a heart condition and, but he decided to do it anyway. And I knew, I knew that I was like, you know, this really isn't a good idea. You're 85 years old, but I didn't say that to him because I knew he had already set his mind to it and that was his destiny and that's what he wanted. So, um, he wanted to play golf and, you know, get out there and play golf again and stuff and, and enjoy his life. And so, uh, he came out of the surgery. Great. He was fine. But then the day after when he was supposed to be released out of the hospital, he had a heart attack and, um, and so he had a pacemaker and so the pacemaker got him going again. But, um, what happened, I stepped into the room, like I was coming in that morning to come pick him up and I stepped into the room 
literally two minutes before he went into cardiac arrest. And, um, and, you know, I, I mean, I started crying. I was like, what's going on? And they had him, you know, uh, in an emergency situation. And so the, the guy took me upstairs um, and I knew it was serious because, you know, they don't usually put someone with you to, to cons uh, console you when, when it's not serious. So um, all of a sudden I got this like yippee, like this visual, like I don't really, I get information more like um, just a feeling, more of a feeling uh -huh. kind of information and uh, psychically, I guess, or however you want to put it. But um, like, I got this like, a, like a little bit of visual kind of feeling like a kid, like really excited of my dad, all of a sudden he was just like super excited. He was just like, it was like, he was like, yippee. He literally said, I think yippee. Yeah. You know, like, ah, you know, this is awesome. You know, or something like that. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I said, are you leaving? And he said, yeah. He's like, I, I, I said, do you want to go? He's like, yes, I really want to go, you know? And I was, I, and at first I was like, is, am I making this up? Like what, what the hell? And, um, and so at that moment I knew he was gone, you know, he was like, he's, <laughs> he's out of here. He's like, I don't want to be in this body anymore. And, um, but, but it dragged out on for three days because he was in the ICU and they kept him alive. And, um, there, I, I, I kept thinking there was a chance he was going to wake up, but he had, um, like full brain damage from it. Cause mm -hmm. the oxygen, there was a lack of oxygen to the brain for, for enough time for that to happen. And, uh, so eventually after the three days we found out, but, um, I did say, you know, I thanked him for being my dad. And then, because af after they we decided to pull the plug um, or to pull the respirator out, uh, he was sitting there and, and they were like, well, it may take a long time. The pal palliative care people, you know, were like it may take an hour. It may take 10 minutes. We don't we don't know. And like, OK, we're expecting to stay there for a while. And we sat there for 15 minutes. And then finally, something came to me that said, you know, I just need to tell him thanks for being my dad. Um, you were a great dad, you know, thank you for being my dad. And, and I did. And then he just, he went right after that. He was, he was gone. Like his, you know, he left the body completely. Cause he was kind of, I think he was watching from a, not in the body, but from another place. And he was just waiting, you know? Um, and so after that, I was like, wow, there is, that was an incredible experience. Uh, I can't believe that just happened. And then it got me thinking, well, yeah, there's, there's gotta be something else going on here. Like this is, a, you know, I've already, already been going in that direction anyway, but that was like really aff affirming, like, uh -huh. wow, there's a lot going on here that we don't ever talk about or, or pretend like we don't know, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that just really, that got me on this neck. And then I feel like I'm seeing more things now. I'm like seeing a lot more things in dreams and um, my dad has come to me many times in dreams from other dimensions where they're like telepathic dimensions and that kind of thing. It's uh -huh. so it's been really interesting. <laughs> Isn't really it just? Yeah, well, I, I have found over, you know, gosh, nearly 30 years of, of doing this. The people who are afraid of death are not people who've ever been through something that you just described because you can't go through what you've just described and come out on, you know, just not completely changed. Yeah. And so it's so funny, you know, that's because that's my gig and I work with these people so often. It's pretty amazing that I can say that, you know, pretty certainly 
Um, I have yet to find somebody who has the same terror or the same misunderstanding of death once they have sat with someone through the death process. The vast majority of people who really carry the angst over it haven't actually been in a situation where there was that understanding and that peaceful passing. They either had were with somebody where there was trauma or they were never with them and just they're creating these paper dragons in their heads of what it's actually like. And it's probably it's one of the most natural and beautiful, incredible processes, you know, and when you're sitting there, I like, you know, I work in healing, but one of my favorite parts about my job is to be with somebody and to be present when they're passing, you know, because it's just as important as bringing a baby in. I was thinking Um, the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I felt the same thing. Yeah. It felt different, but similar, you know, energy to it, you know? Yeah. And do you, do you miss your father? Of course I miss my father, you know, terribly. But it's just so, it's really, really hard to kind of get hung up on the, you know, poor me part when you've actually witnessed something like that. And, and this is something that happens oftentimes. And I think people really suffer um, with this is we have this really bad habit of hijacking people's deaths. And so oh, we tend right. to make that about us as opposed to them. Oh my God, I'm going to be so lonely. Oh my God, how could you leave me alone? Oh my God. Um, look how they're suffering. And then we tell the story about what, how gruesome their death was. And then we cling to the awfulness of the whole process. And we literally have now hijacked that death. And what was fascinating was when my father was dying and he had Alzheimer's, um, we had an incredible experience because I would sit and tell you and everybody else that I work with now be very conscious of the fact that if they need to go, you know, we've heard it a thousand times you know, you might've been holding vigil next to the bed for six weeks. And then you got up to go to the bathroom and they died while you were in the bathroom. There's right. a reason for that, you know, oh, because yeah. it made it more difficult for them, especially if you're someone who was very close. Um, it makes it more difficult for them if you're hanging around and then you're laying all your grief on them and they're just like, they're pulled, you know, yeah. it's when we feel bad or guilty about something. It's that same kind of vibe, right? And so how we get into this awful habit then of going in and just hanging over somebody, you know, and surrounding what should be a most auspicious and incredible occasion with our own tragic grief. It doesn't mean that we don't have to miss somebody, but I understood this when my dad was dying and I had, you know, because I tell you don't hang out by the bedside. Well, I did it because that was my daddy, do you know? And um, I was following my own advice and I had come over from Ireland and, you know, I was sitting there um, going in and out. He'd already pushed my mother out two weeks earlier. He couldn't be in the same space. And so there I was with him and I went home one night and I went to bed and it was very late when I got there and I had this dream and in the dream, and it was more like, (coughs) excuse me, a vision Mm -hmm. where my father was a Celtic warrior and he was, and this was thousands of years ago. And my dad actually in real life, he was a direct descendant of Rob Roy McGregor. And he's so proud of that. And this, and they, they all carry this birthmark called the black knee. And my dad was one of my dad's, you know, that was his party piece. And um, so I have this dream and my father has this jet black hair and it's all muck and straw and his face is dirty and he's mortally wounded and laying on the ground and it's where this black knee birthmark that they all have is and I'm like oh I wonder am I looking at the original injury 
in the line, do you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, going way beyond Robert Roy McGregor, you know, way back where the original, like where the, the family constellation began. And I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. And then I'm looking down at my own body in this vision. And I'm like, I'm wearing tartan. I'm wearing a dress. My legs are hairy, but I have on some kind of sandals and I'm, I'm a female. Oh, okay. And I'm standing there and I'm looking at him on the ground and suddenly realizing that I am my father's partner in that dream, in that vision. Yeah. And he turns to me and he looks at me and he puts his hand up and I'm wailing wailing in Gaelic and he says in Gaelic which I can clearly understand in this vision leave me woman this death is mine alone oh wow and I wake up screaming and my mom comes flying into my room imagine I'm in my childhood bedroom and all my like cheerleading stuff's on the wall and all I go like and she's like um okay death girl you know what's going on here and um and I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. And I'm and, you know, so imagine telling your mother, dad, dad was my husband and he was dying. And there How he did she take like, that? <laughs> she was like, she totally got it. And yeah, she, yeah. Goes, she understood. And so, and she goes, and I'm like, I can't, talk about it. I can't talk about it. I'll talk about it in the morning. Right. So she gets up the next morning. She's like, look, I'm going to the nursing home. Um, you do what you need to do today. And then you come out um, to the nursing home. So I'm like, okay. So I arrive out that afternoon, my mother is at the door and she goes, come in, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, that's my line, do you know? And so she goes, go pull the blanket down. I'm like, what? She goes, just go. My dad's asleep. She's like, go pull the blanket down. And so my father's lifelong birthmark of the black knee, Mm -hmm. I pull the blanket down, it's gone. Whoa. And I'm like, what is going on here? And my mom's like this to the door and she goes you need to go and I was like okay do you need me to get no she's you need to leave it's you you're the one keeping him here and I was like oh my god and she goes get on a plane and I had to go home and book my tickets back to Ireland knowing that the second I was off the soil Mm -hmm. so I got on that plane I flew home to Ireland I put my clothes in the washing machine packed my suitcase to return back the following day to America. Oh my goodness. But I had to leave. I couldn't be anywhere close enough that I could have gotten back to him. And so I get on the plane, I leave. And in the wee hours of that morning, the sitter who was in with my father calls my mom and he goes, you're not believe what I've just seen. And he said, I just got to see coach Hensley when he was young. He said the room filled with light and all of a sudden my father lifts out of his body and this guy is sitting there going, you know, he's speechless. Holy, holy. Oh my goodness. And it wasn't, my mother already understands and knows and believes that I already understand and know and believe that this guy had never, ever witnessed anything like it and his life changed forever. So imagine it, at my father's death, it's not the people who were closest to him. It was the person who needed to be there. And so when we try to hijack people's deaths going, but we've got to be there while they're there, surrounded by, it isn't always about that. Yeah, that's so interesting. People are working until they take their last breath. And if in their Mm. last breath, they can change the course of somebody else's life, we've got to step aside and allow that to happen and not make it about us. Yeah, definitely. And that's so hard for people to do, especially when it comes to someone they are really close to. That's, you know, oh my gosh. Ah. 
there's a lot of guilt involved there too at times. So, sure. Yeah. But it's self-imposed. Yeah, it, is. it <laughs> totally is. Yeah. Oh my God. So that that's an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let me let my dog in real quick. Hold on the just a second. dog even like that. <laughs> Commercial break. Our hostess is back. My dog is, um, he's got heart disease now, so he's coughing a little Aww. bit in the background. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So if you hear him coughing, that's him. Um, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I know. It's so funny. He's like a little old man. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. No, I, I think it's hilarious. He's just, he's so funny. Sorry, your dog's dying. No, no, um, it's okay. He's been around for a long time. He's like 18. So, you know, he's, he's, he's probably. My dad died that way too. Don't feel bad. Yeah. It's <laughs> I love that we can laugh about this. Um, yeah, so I, I really am also curious, Mary, about learning more about the past life uh, work that you do. Um, you know, I, I read that book years ago, Many Lives, Many Masters. That was kind of my first introduction to past lives. Mm -hmm. But um, the way you describe it is a little bit more purposeful, I feel like. Like in your book, it's, it's, it's it, people... Um, really heal from these, from learning about these experiences of past lives, as you put it in, and, and um, what, you know, so you're actually helping people heal um, many dimensions of themselves when, when they realize certain things. And the way you, you didn't really, um, what I read also is that you weren't really putting a lot of emphasis on that at first, you were kind of dismissing past life stuff yeah. and then all of a sudden it just kind of happened into your your life all of a sudden you were seeing it all the time and and so it it gave you a different perspective on what book, it was about I got served you got served. that's right that's right <laughs> never say never and I know better <clears throat> I know better yeah so, right yeah it's um it's interesting because Brian's work is you know there's so many different ways to deal with this and and like Brian's incredible at what he does um uh, but his, uh, because of the, the way his profession works and that he'd be sitting with someone and that he would take them into that regression and they would have the experience and all. What I found was interesting. It, we all have our own ways. He's gifted at taking someone into that space. The way it happened to me is I see these movies. I can't oh, yeah. unsee them. And so I will be sitting with somebody and I'm in a healing session, you know, whether it's, and I'm sitting in the same room with them or we're across the world, you know. And I'll start seeing a mind movie and I'm like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. And so what I'm able to do is glean and extract information, not what their bank account details are, what color right. underwear they're wearing, but whatever it is that's necessary in, to help me in that moment to assist them through what their current challenge is. Oh, right. And so the first thing to understand about this and about past lives is, you know, we use it because we use the term past lives because we're lazy, at least me. Um, but it's happening it's actually, all at once, right? It's all concurrent. Yeah. 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 And so this is a mind blower. And so you want to take it like, what's the really big takeaway from having been dead? Um, you know, other than the food was excellent. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, the really big takeaway from having been dead was the fact that 
I get into this space where it's time for me to look at my life. Yeah. The 21 years that I've just led and my mind melts on the spot as I'm going, oh my God, I'm 360 watching my two-year-old self, my 20-year-old self, my 12-year-old self all at the same time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And you want to talk about there it was, mind blown, game changed, everything I thought I knew to be true. No, I don't ever even, you know, like I look at everything now because of that experience. I'm not sure, you know, (laughs) don't ever tell me something is certain. There's no such thing. Right. And I'm going, oh my gosh. So hang on a second. If this is all happening concurrently, it means we can heal our past. It means we can heal our future. It means we can heal present time. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is all frequency. Oh God. So the way the human body is set up is that I can experience past trauma, which is screwing me up in present time Mm -hmm. via a simple chemical reaction that travels down a neural pathway in my brain back to a cellular memory that makes me feel in real time like I'm still going through the trauma that I went through 25 years ago. Holy crap. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. But wait a second. If we can do that, it means that we can simultaneously heal that. And how would we do that? Well, it would make sense. Let's don't pave over the neural pathway with years of therapy. Let's go blow that damn road up. Do you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because if the road doesn't exist, I can't travel there any longer. I can have the memory of it. I can glean the wisdom and the experience, which isn't that what we're here for. But I don't have to keep getting sucked into the trauma. So I can speak to you about being gang raped at the age of 17 with, with as, as much joy as I can about my bottle of water here, the toast I ate for breakfast, my last book that I wrote, the birth of my children. It, it was just an event. Wow. I wasn't, yeah, that's, I'm not, wow. I'm not my body. My right. body is here serving me. Right. And right. so when you recognize that it changes the whole game that you realize that the human body is set up in service to the soul and not the other way around mm, that right. the human is having that experience of trying to become spiritual and all that we already are that Yeah, your body is designed to assist you. And one of the great big ahas again, you know, let me let this cat out of the bag, <laughs> everything that you've experienced here is literally a chemical reaction because unless you're experiencing it in this moment, while you're sitting here in present time, listening to me, unless you're, it's already in the past. And so it's already something that's happened via a chemical reaction. The only way you can access it is through a neural pathway in the brain. And the only way it can cause trauma is if that neural pathway exists. Therefore, if we use frequency and we destroy that neural pathway and force your body to create a new experience based on this glorious, fantastic, well-educated, fabulous person that you are now. Mm. You just won the game. That's good news, right? That's great (laughs) news, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about, uh, I was talking to somebody about dreams, lucid dreams the other day. And I was like, and, and they mentioned something about, oh yeah, that's just parts of your, your subconscious, you know, brain. And, and at first I thought, oh, that's, I'm just, that's like, I'm discounting like when I'm saying, when, 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 when I think about it like that, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that doesn't sound as exciting, but it's all the same. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you call it. It kind of is all the same. Like we're having, um, 
like the the paranormal as we call it or the spiritual experiences i think are also part of the brain you know it's like it's all kind of because this body is our vehicle so but somehow we separate these these experiences when they're all normal and they all are kind of kind of the same thing anyway kind of is that, that's what i was thinking is that what kind of your your, mean, your, your experiences every, too every major religion across the board has has talked about it in different language you know and they're all mm -hmm. saying the exact same thing right. what is this what what do we call you're you're into the body what is what do we call this the brain the, the, temple. the temples yeah right uh -huh. and so there's a stairway up to that temple and there are how many vertebrae in there 33 right and yeah, then when yeah. we talk about manna from heaven we talk about the secretion that's created by your pineal gland or your third eye that can create literal happy happy buzz buzz feelings right or feelings uh you know and when we're out of alignment with that we don't experience that when we're in alignment with that and got, don't even get me started on every disease process that is in service to that and i can literally go oh sorry you have ms oh let's talk about your relationships you yeah, know oh, i do know cancer. what you mean let's talk yeah. about your over nurturing there right. is the body is there to highlight and serve and we've gotten right. so bad about going, oh my God, if something's out of alignment or if we're not okay, or if we're not perfectly healthy, then we're being punished. This is a horrible thing. I'm a victim of mm. this. And I'll go and I'm going, whoa, <laughs> you literally mm. set this up for yourself. Can yeah. you not see the magic here? Right. You're getting, it's, it's your body's incredible. giving you signals and what's going on. It's just, it's just information, right? And it's well, going like, the danger, way you danger. Hey, yeah, exactly. you are, you know, knock it off being everybody's doormat. Yeah. And you're right. like, yeah, but okay, knock it off. And it tells you again, then knock it off. And you're like, okay, here, here's a breast cancer. Oh my God, I've got cancer. Right. Really? Yeah, Come I on. know. I know. Well, and that's a thing. It's interesting too, this sense of obligation that we'll do, that we'll, uh, you know, say no to ourselves out of this sense of obligation to please others or to fit in or to do whatever we need to, to belong. You know, it's, this is really heavy. It's like a big program that has been uh, put into our society. And I think that is, that drives a lot of why people just override their, their natural, you know, abilities or, or messages that or wants or desires because they feel obligated, you know, I know I went through that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that we also tend to like, I just had to have a very difficult discussion with somebody um, who works with me in my field and that, you know, they via their own pain made some bad choices and, and did some things that potentially could be very hurtful for me, but they forgot that like, I don't operate like that. And I'm right. like, Here's what you have to live with is that you now get to make the decision of whether you stay or go. Wait a second. You know, ordinarily somebody would get, you know, how dare you do that to me? How dare you? Do no, no, no. That's not why I'm here. Right. I'm here to create a playground and where you did something really stupid and really hurtful. It doesn't negate all the good that you've done. And I'm certainly right. not going to go into that mode and go that that has anything to do with anything other than we're here to experience that dichotomy of dark and light. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's absolutely incredible. Hold on. I'm on a live podcast. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, yeah, uh, it's live. It's live. Um, it's alive. But you understand, so it doesn't yeah. negate the fact. And therefore, then you give the individual the choice. Show up for yourself. Right. Don't do it for me. I yeah, know yeah. I'm here. 
You yeah. Know? I came in my party, my party clothes. You've got to show up for you. Yes. You know, and so it's really important that we understand that when we're making those decisions and setting boundaries from ourselves, boundaries don't mean, doesn't mean just cutting everybody and everything difficult out of our lives. Boundaries right. mean that you are smart enough and evolved enough to recognize someone's value in your life, especially when they're making it difficult. Oh yeah. That's hard. That's hard for me. There it is. There's, <laughs> there's the nugget, right? That is the nugget. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's if you can get that, you can probably do anything. You've got it all. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. Um, okay. So I have, I have to move on to this next subject here uh, on indigo children. I was so fast. I, I remember learning about indigo children years ago, and then it kind of, the subject dropped off a little bit. And then you mentioned it in your book. And I was like, oh my God, like what can you, expand more on that with, with my audience and, and tell everybody what, what indigo children actually are. And, uh, and is it, what generation is it? What are they here to, I mean, indigo I don't want to also, I don't want to put a lot of pressure on a generation either to save everybody because, you know, but I mean, we're all here doing know? it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, ind no indigos aren't, no, indigos are, you know, it's a, a, a term that was coined a long time ago, late seventies, early eighties. Um, for a type of individual who's coming in, like you would see a lot of kind of your twenties to thirties right now would, would fall into that category. And they're really interesting because they're highly intuitive. Um, okay. yeah. they are extraordinarily gifted. The vast majority of them go through the self-harming phase though. Let me paint my fingernails black and wear all black clothes and do that whole oh, thing. Okay. They're extraordinarily intelligent. And what they do is if they're, guided this way these are your game changers oh. this is this is somebody who creates google or facebook or instagram or do you know like this is someone who's able to take all of that and create something that changes the face of the way that the world interacts with each other wow yeah and then you have the ones who don't get down that path and they end up self-harming, oftentimes attempting suicide multiple times. Um, they'll struggle with weight. They'll struggle with emotions, you know, that they'll do that whole roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And this is, that's, um, and so why they're called indigo is because when you're looking at the auric field, there is a heavy footprint of indigo blue in it. Now, nobody's field mm -hmm. is the same color all the time. It's always oscillating and always changing. Mm -hmm. But for someone who is a classic indigo, for someone like me who sees the light around somebody, you'll see a more prominent indigo blue color. That's where it got its name. Okay. But, you know, it's yeah. just another label. It's yeah. another label for, you know, trying to box somebody in. Me, I'm a fan of the boxes because boxes are why we come here. Yeah. We're jumping in and out of the box. And, you know, we're such box snobs that we're like, um, oh, you know, oh, I'm out of the box. Oh, good for you. Isn't that great that you're out of the box? Like, what does that even mean? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. In either. the box, out yeah. of the box. In the box means that you're subscribing to a social service. All of us are here. You know, we're functioning at a time in human history where we're operating within governments. We might not like what they're doing, but we're living in countries that we're, we're in that box. And yeah. try as we try as we like, unless we're on a, you know, a deserted island outside of Fiji somewhere where we're not complying and we're totally off the grid and we're high and we're, you know, we're doing all this. You're in a box. That's true. And so yeah. we've got this thing where we're constantly knocking the boxes and then we're, you know, it's like a hierarchy. Well, I'm out of the box. So I'm, I'm more involved than you are, you know, <laughs> right, boxes right. are just there to create opportunity opportunities for people to learn and grow and, and evolve while here on earth. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, that, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. Oh my God. This was so much fun. I really Thank appreciate you, so you coming much on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And I it's, just want to say that book you've been waving around. I'm very excited because you've heard me reference the fact that I work with frequency. Yes. And so I have just released the first book in Amazon audible history that is backed by brainwave states and frequency. And it's that book there. Understanding is the new healing. And what's yeah. so cool is it's a completely immersive experience for the listener. So you're listening to a story in there, whether it's talking about somebody's past life experience or it's talking about an ET encounter or it's talking about um, the, the idea that, um, you know, that they can heal their own cancer and they can do whatever. So somebody's listening to this story we're altering the brainwave state as they listen and then connecting them with the frequency that has to do with, you know, like if it's fear, guilt, shame, anger, grief, self-loathing, or if it's about um, synergistic communication with somebody, or it's about releasing toxicity, or it's about, you know, healing acute or chronic pain. Um, These states, these brainwave states and frequencies are backing the stories that I'm reading and so it takes it from an audible experience to a completely in energetically immersive experience. I love ah! that. I love that. Actually, yeah, so you know, it's-, it's funny because I noticed that yesterday and I went ahead and got that on audible and I've been listening to it and it's, yeah. it is incredible. I, I just, it really, um, it really does make a difference. And I've been working, you know, I've been curious about frequency lately too. And, and, um, playing around with that with my voice and, and stuff. And so when I, when Absolutely. I publish my book, I might do try something similar actually, Get a girl. A good idea. I hope so. <laughs> which hopefully I'll be out by the spring, but, uh, right. you know, I'm working, I I'm working on a book as well. My first one. So, um, yeah, but yeah, this is wonderful. I highly recommend you guys go get Dr. Mary Helen Hensley's book, Understanding is a New Healing. Grab her book on uh, Audible too. Listen to it. It's such a delight to listen to books. I, I love it. I do it all the time when I'm cleaning or when I'm walking. And um, I'm dating yeah. the Count of Monte Cristo right now as we speak. Just saying. Only <laughs> <laughs> fabulous. That's hilarious. Well, okay. So <laughs> gosh, I, I'm so honored that you came on my show and, and, and shared your experience. I wish we could talk longer. Maybe I'll have you on again uh, in the future. Oh, please do. Yeah. I would love that. All right, Mary. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Oh, wait. Uh, one other thing, where can they find you? I just, I didn't even ask. MaryHelenHensley.com. Okay, great. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.